Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started with my favorite guest, I wanted to remind everyone out there that I'm going to be putting together more Warrior Stories episodes. The last one aired on July 28th, and it was fabulous. If you haven't listened, please go check it out. But if you would like to share your story of inspiration, what helped you through your cancer journey, or how your life has changed for the better since cancer, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. should be about five to 10 minutes long and in your own words, but I can't wait to see your story. So please send them in. So let's get started. If you're here today, you've more than likely had a diagnosis of cancer. You've been through treatment. You're trying to figure out what life looks like now after breast cancer or really just after any cancer. My guest today is Yvonne Nydigger, the yang to my ying and the silver lining to my cancer journey. And for the next three weeks, she and I will be going to walk you through the steps to take, which will help you move forward and get beyond. Yvonne, welcome. I love having you on the show. For those of you who have not heard us together, she is my person, and we sometimes even share the same brain cells, which makes it much easier to <laughs> chat like this. Um, she's also one of the most knowledgeable people I know on this subject. During the pandemic lockdown, she created an amazing series of three, sometimes four workshops on life after breast cancer and led it multiple times to I would say critical acclaim from all of the patients who went through it. And she's become, we, we call her Mama Yvonne to, <laughs> to our girls because she provides such inspiration and hope and wonderful information. So, and today we're going to kick off a three-part series on life after cancer. So Yvonne, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're such an expert at this. Well, my gosh, I'm blushing from over here. So thank you, you Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, um, you know, you know very well that um, this is an area of, of working with women going through cancer that has a special place in my heart. I, too, am a um, breast cancer warrior. I was diagnosed 11 years ago with stage 3 breast cancer. And after my treatment, I joined Breast Friends as a volunteer and then was a member of the board of directors and then finally ended up stepping into the gigantic shoes of our co-founder, Sharon Hennepin, as the director of programs for the last four years. Um, During that time period, I had the pleasure, unfortunate pleasure, of talking to hundreds of women Mm -hmm. who were um, traveling this particular journey. And it gave me what I feel is a a pretty strong insight into some of the things that not only... um, I navigated myself, but women over and over again are resonating that same navigation. So yeah, it's, um, it's really a, a practice of uh, learning as I go, but I've learned from some pretty amazing women. Uh, so it's great information. 
Well, thank you. And again, I so appreciate you being here today because it's such an important topic that we're going to take three weeks to cover. And I know we have so much to cover, just really important material in the series of workshops and our time is limited. So let's jump right in and talk about how you begin the process. Sure. Yeah, this has been um, something that you know, in the past, Breast Friends offered this program as an in-person retreat at our beautiful Oregon coast, and it was a chance for women to come together in an environment that was conducive to connections. That's something that we talk about a lot at Breast Friends is connections, because mm-hmm. as most women know, when you go through breast cancer, there's a sense of isolation. And um, just the fact that even though you have your friends and family around you, uh, there are not a lot of people who truly understand um, what you're going through from the beginning exactly. through Beyond. So um, providing this retreat was something that Sharon Hennepin started at her Thriving Beyond Cancer program, which then led to her book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. So mm-hmm. I had a, a wonderful um, set of footprints to follow on this idea during COVID of taking that uh, retreat concept and setting up a three-part workshop on Zoom. Now, when we first started it, we were concerned because we couldn't touch each other. And what I learned, and I think it's really important to remember, is that connections can be made anywhere. Um, Those of you who are out there who may not be in situations where you can come to active retreats, finding a community, finding a group of women who you can actually connect to, whether it's virtually or in person, is going to give you a lot of these same feelings. But being in this safe environment with women who get it, um, what you're feeling is being echoed um, in the lives of every woman who's been on this journey. But it's really easy during this time period right after you finish what I consider active treatment to feel like you're alone. Uh, there's a real in a brain that is, uh, we can very easily create a conversation in our minds. And those conversations can become something that are then uh, a reel that we play over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those reels can be overwhelming and terrifying. The feeling of isolation, the feeling of fear, uh, the feeling of not being enough, all of those things tend to come rushing in as we're finishing this. My hope is that In this three-part series, we've been able to, and and I will say, I've been really happy to hear so many of my girls telling me that they have been able to reboot their way of thinking about themselves and give themselves a little bit of grace during this time period and allow themselves to take those reels and, and redirect them in a more positive way. That sounds fabulous because I know I was able to attend one of the in-person Thrive workshops at the beach. I had found Breast Friends in October of my treatment year and I signed up for everything possible. Literally, the retreat was five (laughs) weeks away. And before I left my office on the first day, I signed up to volunteer. I signed up for the retreat. I signed up for the luncheon. I was all in because I knew that I couldn't go through it alone again. My first, my first round of breast cancer, I did it alone. And because I didn't really think I needed help, I had very a smaller course of treatment than many with a lumpectomy and radiation. But man, the second time around, I, I had I had the things, so many things, and I needed the help because I was lost. And I I really breast friends found me. And never let me go. Yeah. You know, Yvonne wrapped her arms around me 
And four years later, she is um, my BFF because (laughs) she gets it. And having that support system and someone to really teach me the steps on how to move forward was critical because cancer is really a roller coaster. And our medical teams are wonderful. I am blessed with the oncology team and support system that I had there, but there is a point when you're finished with active treatment that you're done. And they say, bye-bye. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in six months. And for many, myself included, once you walk out that door, you're terrified because you're in survival mode now. Yeah. And yeah. You've, you, okay, you've, you've made it through treatment and some may still be thriving with disease, but you know some are finished with active treatment. And either way, you don't know what to do. Yeah. Your body's yeah. different. Your emotions are different. And everything is just so confusing yeah. and complicated. Yeah, it's um, you know, I, when we when we start this program, I like to point out that there are three stages to going through cancer. You know, that initial stage is that moment when you hear the words. I'm so sorry, but you have cancer. And at that exact moment, it's almost like a coin toss. You go from being heads to tails. uh, And your entire world is uprooted. There's so much chaos at that moment. There are appointments and treatments and all the things that are happening. And your friends and family are in a state of panic. All they're doing is trying to support you, but no one really knows how to manage that. So They're literally running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I know. It is just chaos. and And it's so hard on women at that particular stage because there's no feeling of control. And we all know that there is nothing better than control in our lives. And that leads us to kind of the second stage. And I love there's a, there's a quote in a book that I use frequently that talks about a woman who said that um, when she started treatment, she felt like she was climbing onto a barge uh, because she felt like she was in a controlled environment where someone was driving the ship, it was at a, a, a rate that she could manage and, and be aware of. She knew when the locks were coming. Um, she had her family, a friend with her. Um, she could see the shore. She, she knew even though she was doing something difficult, she had a sense of control. It's that fight mode. It's that sense of, okay, now I'm doing something. I'm being proactive. I'm moving mm-hmm. forward. And, and I think that's the time also when uh, so many of the people in our world rally around us because they can see what we're going through. They can visualize if you've lost your hair. They know you're going to numerous appointments. And, you know, just the general overall picture of cancer is that time of active treatment. So um, you have lots of hopefully support coming your way. And then what happens, and this is the, this is the crux of what we're going to to be talking about the next three episodes is, as you mentioned, um, when your medical team, whether they say, you know, you're done, or all you need to do now is take a little pill, or (laughs) all you need to do now is, you know, come see me in six months, or whatever it happens to be, um, they have a responsibility at that point to open a door and let you walk through it. 
And, you know, they've done an amazing job and nothing against our medical community, but they now have to go back and start over again with another patient. And oftentimes there's that feeling of abandonment. Mm -hmm. Um, Women will feel like, for gosh sakes, you've been in my Kool-Aid now for how many months and and you're waving goodbye to me at the door. So um, that's why, you know, I'll hear women say that everybody around them when they finish the last treatment or their last radiation or wherever it happens to be, their hair starts to grow in, the world around them is cheering, has their pom-poms out and are waving them. And they're sitting in the corner going, oh, crap, what does this mean? I have no idea. Idea. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the analogy, again, the idea of going from chaos to control to, again, emerging into a world that's really unknown creates this, this feeling of, all right, I don't know how to process where I am. And unless you find other people who understand this uh, and can kind of help you navigate uh, I know myself, I had gone through kind of like you did, Michelle, the first go round. Mm-hmm. I was that warrior woman with nobody that, you know, no right. one, we can, we can do I it all, can do we all can this. Through and- <laughs> yeah. And I just really didn't feel that I needed support because I was lucky and blessed enough to have all the, uh, the integral things that we needed. But again, when my hair started to go back in and I started to um, reemerge into the world, everybody kind of went off on their own way. And yep. I was left, I found myself pacing. And, you know, this is a point when we, when we're doing the program, I'll tell this story. And I um, had gone to an event and our, our breast friends organization happened to be there and was represented by Sharon Hennepin. And she was dressed in pink and she was so fabulous. She looked at me and she goes, Oh honey, how are you? And I looked at her and I said, Oh, I'm fine. Fine. That's fine. And God bless her. She looked at me because, of course, I'm bald. I've got a scarf on and she knows what I've been through. And she goes, so how are you really? And I just paused and I started to cry. And she just took me in her arms and held me and said, it's okay. I understand. I get it. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I knew. I knew that I was going to be okay. And this is where, you know, and I know right now, I'm going to say this, there are probably listeners out there right now, and you know who you are, who've been listening to what I've been saying about these stages and listening to how I felt. And your heads are nodding up and down like a little bobblehead. There's nobody around you, but you are doing the bobblehead nod. And when you're in a group of women who get it and you can see each other nodding your head, That's an affirmation that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. So if you're alone right now and you're hearing these words and you're finding yourself nodding up and down, what I want you to do is take a deep breath and understand that you are not alone, that that's part of healing is recognizing that this is not just you. You are not the only one. And there are tips and tools that can help you navigate this time period. But the first step is recognizing what it is that lays ahead. Yeah, definitely. And I know from many women that I've spoken with over the years, I'm very fortunate in my two diagnoses of breast cancer. I didn't have chemo either time. So I'm kind of a, a strange cancer unicorn. 
but I I know so many women who had and they go through treatment. Like you said, they're, when your hair starts to grow back, your friends and family are like, oh, you're good. Yeah, You're good. Yeah. You're not going to as many doctor's appointments. You know, you got to potentially ring that bell at the end of radiation or chemo. Yeah. And you're like, and everyone's like, woohoo, you're done. Well, the, and even, the physical might be done, but the mental is really just beginning because while you're going through active treatment, you're in survival mode. Yeah. And now yeah. you're moving on to, oh my gosh, what now? And that's what we're really going to talk about, you know, starting today. Um, so how do you, how, what do you term the first part of this program? Well, I, I like to call this first part of putting our toes in the water. Um, it's a great it's it's a great analogy because it's a way to think about things differently. You know, when you think about sticking your toes in the water of something, you think of doing it very gently. And unfortunately, most women seem to feel that when they're done with cancer care, they need to leap head on into the water of work or no. managing their household or having their relationships be perfect and to try and create a little gentler approach um, and using that beautiful visualization of putting your toe into the water is what we focus on and taking down expectation bars because again uh, we're queen of expectation bars we set them so high everyone else is okay but we set our own bars terribly high so we're going to talk about how to work on both those things as we move forward. I love it because we are so hard on ourselves (laughs) and this series hopefully will help you out there listeners. Give yourself a little bit of grace because this takes time, but we do need to take a short break. And remember those of you out there, you can always make a donation to breast friends on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone and they get to move forward with a wonderful support system afterwards. So stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast friends need your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to our program. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Yvonne Nydigger, and we've been talking about life after cancer. So, Yvonne, I know you well enough to know that you've never met an analogy or a metaphor that you don't like, <laughs> which you've already demonstrated in the previous segment. So is there one that you find really just encapsulates what we're going to be talking about and really is effective for talking about this hard part after treatment when you're trying to figure out life again? Yeah, I, and it's so appropriate because we're right in the midst of the Olympics. Um, you and I are talking at break about watching some of them and how fascinating it is. And the analogy I love, and it's one that we can we can even take what we've been seeing on on our televisions, hopefully. And it's the one of the marathon runner. And we can even use, you know, if we even want to use the the 800 meter runner or whatever it happens to be that you've watched recently. But you have to think about the fact that a marathon runner, as we watch them run, they have done this incredible thing and they're pushing to the finish. And we, we see them and it's like I watched one of the runners the other night suddenly have a burst of energy and he just was pushing and pushing and pushing and you could see that finish line and he crossed that finish line and right after he crossed the finish line, after completing this incredible, powerful race, he collapsed in a heap. Mm-hmm. And so many times when we've gone through cancer, that fight mode, that sense of, okay, I'm in this. I've got the fight. I'm doing everything I can do. I'm putting one foot in front of the other. I can see the finish line. I can see that goal. I'm going to get there. And you get to that point, And what happens is everything you've gone through suddenly comes crashing up behind you. Mm-hmm. that possibly you have not had a chance to process. And it's that that sense of almost an accordion closing up and going, oh my God, you know, what is all this that suddenly I'm feeling that I think so many women feel and that, that just overall overwhelming exhaustion of, wow, how do I take this all in? So and how, do, how do I move forward? Because yeah. I feel like I'm so exhausted. I don't have anything left. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So for those out there who are, you know, maybe in that state where they're just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. This is crazy. I don't understand why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And since, since I've been through this program with you and um, I, I know you have some great exercises that yeah. you can really help tell us which will help the, our listeners kind of get through this yeah, process. Yeah, this is a can good one. That, that, that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like everyone out there who's listening right now to close your eyes. And when you close your eyes, I want you to visualize a warrior preparing for battle. Now, in the days when warriors used to go off to battle, um, there was, there were, their armor was, was strong. Their swords were sharp. Uh, they had all the fanfare and everything that went with the fact that they were going out to fight a battle. And as they entered that battle, their courage, their strength carried them in and carried them through what came at them. And over the course of many, many battles, many, many different skirmishes, um, they became tired and their armor became a little dented. And I want you to look at that warrior as that warrior is starting to near the end of the battle. 
And as, as that warrior, that beautiful warrior that is a representation of you, see yourself in that space. See yourself going into battle with everything, everything you had to take with you. And now see yourself coming out the other side with that armor dented and that sword maybe bloodied and maybe just that sense of all over exhaustion. But when you look at that warrior and you see what she's been through, do you look at her and say, she's not enough? She's not enough. She may be amazing, but hmm, nope, nope, she's just not enough. And that's, that's what I hear from women over and over again. They've emerged from that time period, and they just are so broken down. But they don't acknowledge the pride that they should have in the fact that they have come through a battle. Mm-hmm. So I want each of you out there to look at that warrior woman. And instead of going, oh, she's so beaten and broken, I want you to say, oh, my God, that warrior woman, that representation of me, she is a badass. That's exactly what I was going to say. She, she is, is a, a badass. badass. Uh-huh. She is a beaten up, bloodied badass. And don't let anyone, including and especially yourself. Yourself limit what you are capable of now moving towards because Mm -hmm. you have gone through a battle and should be proud. So yeah, it's an amazing thing. Visualization exercises, which you and I have worked on many times and I have myself in the past, it, it really can help you. I've worked with um, Dr. Shawnee Fox on this, who's going to be a guest in a few weeks mm-hmm. talking Love about her. Yeah, she's amazing. But also just with you and we've worked on visualizing where you want your life to be. Yeah. And for me, yeah, I, I felt broken down and tired and exhausted and, and had nowhere left to go. Nothing left to give to get beyond my treatment. But once I really sat and worked on it a while and I realized like, okay. <laughs> and I held your hand and, you, and said, you, yes, you can do this. <laughs> you held my hand. You, you held me up many times. And I realized that, yeah, I have a lot left to give yeah. and it is, it has changed my life so completely for the better because I found that inner warrior strength. And when I was visualizing, visualizing myself four years ago, I saw myself on a stage I, I want to share my story. I want to write a book and expand. And now I get to host a podcast. And as a, a true Leo, I, I love to talk about myself. <laughs> and so post-cancer, I'm doing it a lot because of that early visualization that showed me, hey, this is this is where I was, but this is where I want to go. Right. And exactly. I was able to pull that out from somewhere inside of me and develop a whole new life out of it. So I feel very blessed. Well, and and there's so many things that women, you know, as you emerge out of a diagnosis of cancer, there are so many things that pop up unexpectedly and things that, you know, you would maybe not have thought about prior to that time period. So yeah, it's um, amazing the the, um, the worries that sort of bubble out of us at that time. So, Mm -hmm. well, they, they bubbled out and then I realized I'm like, okay, I can get over these worries by doing this, this, and this Yeah. before cancer. I never had any desire to be on a stage. Like 
God, no. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I love that. When can I go talk to people? And, you know, I want, I want to share my story because every time I do, it helps people. And I know that, yeah. Yeah. but let's, let's go back to the workshops and what are some, some of the concerns that the women you've helped that they share in this initial period? Yeah. And, and again, this all goes back to, I think when we start to validate these fears, it gives everyone a chance to realize that you're not alone. So I know out there, again, I'm going to see a lot of bobbleheads because probably the number one that pops up with women is body image. Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, body image. And we're going to talk more about each one of these things as we move forward. But these are the things that, again, um, are consistently things that as women sort of emerge and start to look, these are the things that they're seeing. So body image, feeling like you're not enough. Now, that could be not enough to go back to work full time, not enough to play with your children for as long as you used to, mm-hmm. not enough to go for a walk, let alone run a 5K. Um, there are all kinds of things that, uh, you know, unfortunately, we all think that we're going to finish this treatment and, and have everything go back the way it was. But side effects, complications, all those sorts of things can create a limit. So uh, the other two that are equally important are how to communicate how we feel with the outside world. You know, you have not only communication that goes beyond, I'm fine. <laughs> Which the, we, we all know yeah, that fine means you know, exactly the opposite exactly. of fine. Exactly. And, but you have to learn how with certain individuals to actually be able to make a, a connection so people understand at least those core groups and also communicating with your spouse or your partner or your children. Um, these are all communication skills that we have to work on. And then finally, the, the fear of reoccurrence. That one's big in my brain back too. Up again too. Mm-hmm. And all four of those things are things that we're going to nod our heads and we're going to say, you know, yeah, I've, I've felt that. And, uh, you know, at least if we could see each other right now, we'd know that this is not your own and you don't have to be alone thinking, why am I the only one thinking this? So yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough four, but it is. we all and share them. <laughs> I, we were joking over break. I'm calling these four the four horse women of the apocalypse. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're all they're all pretty strong and they come galloping yeah. in and, and and you may not have had them before and all of a sudden it's like I've had women that had great body images and now all of a sudden they question that or they were fantastic at their jobs and now all of a sudden they can't remember from one minute to the next how to get back on a computer call so yeah it is it's tough sometimes. Yeah, for me, definitely, as I mentioned, my big two are body image and the fear of recurrence. So body image, there's so many facets to that one because I had a full mastectomy bilateral with reconstruction. So my breasts are very different. And for a long time, I said, oh, they're not mine. You can, you can look at them. And one of my, my myofascial therapist has really helped me reconnect with my new reconstructed breasts, she goes, they're still a part of your body. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. And so I've learned to love them again. And I've seen them and they are, they are actually fabulous in their <laughs> own unique way. So as mm-hmm. many of you know, that once you've gone through breast cancer, anyone who wants to see your breast is usually welcome to. So yes. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of our husbands. <laughs> our husbands is like, oh God, she's showing them again. <laughs> and also I had a full hysterectomy because I had my ovaries removed because both of my cancer occurrences were hormone positive. So I had to get rid of my hormones and surgical menopause is a bitch. And I have, I literally changed nothing in my life and I gained 50 pounds, which I'm struggling with and I'm trying to work at. I'm going to nutritionist. I ride my Peloton. Um, this past weekend, however, I did break my back, which sounds a little crazy, a long story, but, um, anyway, I have a, a vertebrae fracture, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm on some pain meds today, but you know, life just takes you by surprise and dealing with the changing of the body image emotionally and physically is really hard. And then for me, also the fear of recurrence, because I've had two primary occurrences of breast cancer and now I don't have any breast tissue. But that doesn't mean it's not still in my body somewhere. So that's one that I really have to struggle with because I do all the things to prevent it. I take the medication. I'm trying to be healthier. And, you know, I'm very proactive with my appointments and things like that. But that's something that could just really get in your head. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. having, yeah, so it's really important to work on these issues together. But what, how would you say, what I know your your big thing is tips and tools. So what would be a tip to help begin the process of conquering some of these these big the big four? Well, and you know one thing I'll say too to what you were just talking about, and this is something I tell women over and over again, is the fact that um, learning to give ourselves grace learning to um, give ourselves permission to heal. There's a, a wonderful quote that talks to, you know, giving ourselves permission to heal, which I think is a beautiful way to think about it. Um, we give everyone else permission around us, but we don't necessarily give ourselves permission. And the fact that um, Breast cancer isn't a tunnel with a light at the end. I love just recently I posted on our Facebook page uh, that's that quote, that says breast cancer isn't a tunnel with a light at the end, but I'm going to light that bitch up myself. And I thought that was so sorry. I'm swearing on, on your, your channel here, but oh, I, think I do everybody, it all the time. <laughs> everybody out there knows it's like, you know what? There's no light at the end of this, but we have to learn how to light these areas up and to go back to um, Shawnee Fox, who uh, very, very wisely connected um, an earlier quotation from Martin Luther King about the fact that you have to come in from darkness by turning on the light. Um, Fear, whether it's the fear of reoccurrence or the um, worry of not necessarily having uh, the sense of being you're enough or not understanding how to communicate with your family or not having a good body image at the time, all of those things come under a category of darkness in our life. Mm -hmm. And with all of that darkness that we can feel, the weight we can feel with those things, we have to find ways to turn on the light. And I teach over and over again that we have to find things in our world that gives us light. Those are our light switches. And those can be things that can be anything from, I'll use myself as an example. I love to garden. 
nature is my jam. Nature is the thing that turns on a light switch for me. When I am suffering from my peripheral neuropathy that unfortunately has followed me through my feet all these years, I can walk outside and breathe in that energy and look at what's around me and feel the connection there and turn on the light in that darkness. Um, I talk a lot about journaling. And as you are discovering things in your world that give you light, write about them. Give them power on paper. Uh, I had a, a gal say once that she loved to cook, but she also loved to eat. So it wasn't quite sure if that was a good thing or not. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know what? Food is love. But what we have to do is make our food love us back. So finding a way to make that food, that connection to food, love you back, saying, all right, I'm going to journal the fact that food is a light switch. Cooking, preparing food is a light switch. It's also a light switch towards my own personal health that I can now take those two beautiful components and turn it towards my advantage. So, um, you know, again, it is... It's realizing that um, we have a great deal of power inside of ourselves. We just have to learn how to release some of that negative energy that's going on. Those reels I talked about earlier, those body mm-hmm. image reels that we've created, that, that, that reel that says, I'm not enough, the reel that says, oh my God, my cancer can come back any minute. Those are all things that we have the power to stick our toes into the water of rewriting the script. So, yeah. It's so important. And I know we're going to continue to talk about that. I just have to laugh because when you started talking about light switches, Uh I started to have a hot flash. (laughs) And so (laughs) my nurse in the ER the other day, he's like, oh, we call them power surges. So I'm now going to have power surges. But we are going to take another real quick break. So stay with us. And we are going to wrap up the how do we dip our toes in the water. So we'll be back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Michelle Beck. My guest is Yvonne Nydigger, and we have been talking about life after cancer and how we move on. So, Yvonne, I have heard you talk about this phrase, the new normal. And that's what a lot of people say after cancer. So, oh, it's the new normal, and this is just what you have to figure out. But I know you are not a huge fan of that phrase. So let's talk about that. Nope, not at all. And, (laughs) you know, kudos, and this is like the term survivor. It's not my favorite word because, again, I feel like I did more than survive cancer. I Mm -hmm. feel like I kind of battled through. So everybody chooses their words according to how they feel. Yes, I still use the word survivor in public because it's something that people understand. And the term new normal, of course, it has a certain certain ring to it because people have said it so much they they understand it. But here's my... own personal Yvonne Nydigger spin on this. Um, I felt like I was normal before I had cancer. I felt like my normal was pretty good. Uh, I didn't really feel like, you know, cancer was something that was going to give me a new normal because to me, I I, I was good. I was doing great. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at, you know, how do I, how do I make that word feel more, connecting to what this program is about, which is emerging and moving forward. And I started calling it my normal plus Mm -hmm. because cancer teaches us lessons. Oh, Um, yes. So many lessons. So many lessons. I think number one, cancer teaches us patience. Yep. Um, And how to actually give up a little bit of control. Yes. Losing control yes. is and so And how to important. deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how to not sweat the small stuff. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's a list that goes on and on about the things that cancer teaches us. And then there's the things that gives us. And it's strange that something like cancer can give us something. But, you know, you mentioned earlier our friendship that came out of this, which is one of the greatest blessings of my life as well. And I know from from not only working with hundreds of women, but watching them connect to other women and forge the same kind of friendship. Um, we have two young ladies in our organization who um, met through their process. They actually were, were tag teaming their treatment process and uh, this was before COVID, and they were able to realize that they had a lot of things in common outside of their their treatment. They had children the same age. They loved to run, all the things that kind of came together, and they became best buddies. And what's strange is they actually look alike in a lot of ways, and and Michelle knows who they are because they're two lovely women who we both adore. Um, they're part of our giggling girls. And they went and got matching tattoos because their friendship was so important that they wanted to always remember that connection because of cancer. So I think these silver linings of re- reigniting some friendships and also um, thinning the herd. You I, really I, evaluate who and what is important to you because yeah. not everyone will make it through a cancer journey as, yeah. as in the not same everybody place. everybody makes the cut. And, and sometimes that's the thing that defines... Right 
what you take with you forward. And, and some people that you don't expect show up. Yeah. And yeah. That, that is always the best surprises. The ones that just come out of the woodwork and are there, they come over to do your dishes or do your laundry or yeah. send food and, and just check in because they, they realize, oh, well, you know, she's not okay. You know, yeah. they, they, you need this help. And those are the best, but sorry, squirrel moment. Oh God, no, no. I, I and, and I could, and, and again, you know, can't you just hear all the ladies out there going, oh, I want to, I want to say something because this is exactly how I feel. You know, mm-hmm. this is the thing. And I can speak to the fact that I'm 11 years out and ladies, I can tell you, I can promise you this 11 years out. I don't remember how I felt on that one day of chemo when I had a really rough day. But I remember the friend who took me to that treatment and brought me home and made me tea and sat with me and visited while I was just kind of recovering that day. It's those things you take with you. It's that connection. So know that as as time passes, you will take more with you. These are the pluses we carry with us. We also carry with us the pluses of our strength. Mm-hmm. of our courage. Um, I've had women who were, weren't, as you said, brave enough to go after something that might end up being their twinkle, um, like being on stage or having a podcast or doing whatever it is that happens to be something that you never thought in a million years you would try. Um, I love the song, um, you know, what would you do if you heard those words? I'd go skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing, you know, the Bull right. named Fu Manchu. Um, Tim McGraw hit it right out of the park with that song because mm-hmm. that's the sense of uh, empowerment that can happen after going through a diagnosis and hearing the words you have cancer. So I think to look at it as an opportunity to find the pluses and take those forward rather than saying, okay, well, I have this new normal. Ugh, yeah, this is my new normal. No, this is my normal plus. This is Mm -hmm. what I'm taking with me. That's why I changed the verbiage. So instead of cancer taking away something from us, you find the things that it's given you and embrace those things. Exactly. And that's definitely how how we have gotten through. But I know you've done this workshop with, gosh, a hundred women probably at this (laughs) point. And what are some of the things that they really talk about? You know, um, I, I... I've been blessed to listen to and watch um, the evolution of each of these women as they they work their way through this. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see because sometimes the pieces to their own personal puzzle are right there in front of them. They just haven't taken a moment to stop and breathe and look into their space and see what it is. And, um, you know, I'll share a few that that really come to mind. I had a beautiful woman who, um, just to be very honest, is heavy set. And she, when we were talking about the, the four, the big four, she says, you know, body image is one of my big four. But she said, I have to tell you, Yvonne, I'm an opposite of what you mentioned. Because she said, I had a terrible body image going through can- when I, before I went through cancer. She said, I've always been heavy in my life. I've always looked in the mirror and hated my body. I never felt comfortable in my own skin. She said, I, I've battled being picked on because, you know, I just mm. wasn't that woman. But she said the most amazing thing that's still going to make me want to cry. She says, when I went through cancer and I looked at my body, 
Now I looked at the scars I carried and I looked at what I went through and I look at, and, and again, she said, I looked in the mirror and I couldn't believe how incredibly powerful my body was, that this body had taken me and carried me through all of this crap and was still mm-hmm. standing. And she said, I look at my body now and I just feel this incredible sense of awe I that love it that. could do this. Isn't that just fantastic? That's, it really is because that is completely the opposite of what most of us feel. I know. I know. And, and when she said this in this class, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, it was like, I watched her have this epiphany at that exact moment. And she says, you know, Mm -hmm. I never wrapped my head around the fact that this is how I felt until just now. So just taking that moment for her. And then another one of my gals, she said, you know, gosh, I am the one who always takes care of everyone else. I am Mm -hmm. the last one in line for anything. I am the one who will literally do for the entire world before I would do something for me. And that has always been my jam. She said, I've always been that person. I've always been that person. I Mm -hmm. never, ever wanted, I never wanted attention on me. I never wanted anybody to focus on me. And she says, now that I'm coming out on the other side, what I've realized is midway through, I had to change that perspective. She said, I had to realize that I had to put my own mask on which is something I've told Mm -hmm. women over and over again. She said, I had to do what you said. I had to put my own mask on. I had to stop worrying about if there was going to be dinner on the table because I was too tired to fix it. I had to stop worrying about if someone else was going to take care of the, the project at work because I couldn't do it. I had to, again, give myself the grace to say, I have to put my own mask on and let the world take care of itself for a while. And I just want to point out that even though we are in the time of masking because of the Rona, well, we're talking about the, the airline oxygen mask. Yeah, like we're putting, when, you're, yeah, yeah, when your plane is going down, you don't put it on your children <laughs> first, you put it on yourself. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, thank you. It's it for her. That was a moment when she said, I've kind of realized that I don't have to do everything that it's okay to let other people do a few things. And it's kind of nice sometimes to not feel like I have to come last, that Mm -hmm. I can actually put myself first, even if it's just for a little while. And maybe putting yourself first means saying, you know what, instead of running around like a chicken with my head cut off, even though I'm exhausted today because I've just finished all of this treatment process and I'm still tired, I'm going to just say, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. I can just relax and maybe read a book or at least take one or two of those things off your list. So, you know, she had that epiphany that she didn't have to do anything, that she didn't necessarily have to do everything. And like, I struggle with that because I, yes, I have a part-time job and my husband works full-time, but I... I still feel like the house is my domain yeah, and, yeah. and currently right now I'm injured. I can't bend over. So, yeah. which I can't move a lot. I can't move fast. And so I'm having to ask for help for things that I would normally do yeah. of my husband and my 10 year old son. And they'll both do it willingly, 
but I hate to ask. And that's, and that's another just, thing that women so learn. Hard. Yeah. Women learn, and, and I'll hear that a lot, where they'll say, you know, I've learned how to ask for help, and I've mm-hmm. learned how to accept help. Ladies, it's okay to accept help. It's just, you don't get a demerit. There's no scoreboard that says, oh, my God, Michelle, you asked for help on this day. It's okay to say, I need help. So, yeah, those are all some great examples of just some things I've heard from women as they start to kind of emerge and stick their toe in, you know, what it looks like on this side. And I know we only have a couple minutes left, but you have one more exercise that you wanted to talk about real quick. Yeah. And people can go online to Pinterest. There's an exercise called the life balance wheel. And it's an opportunity to kind of take a look at the different sections of your life and see where cancer maybe has had a plus effect in it. Look at those areas and say, all right, in the area of, say, let's say um, health, what has cancer taught you? Uh, Maybe it's relationships. What has cancer shown me in my relationships? What are the ways that cancer has gently taught you or given you a plus it's a really good way to sit down with a a structured program and and like I say it's on Pinterest and it's great so everyone can easily go on and again um, it's just about what are the things that you have learned moving forward through cancer that are pluses that are going to help you in each of these areas, stick your toe in the water. So what's going to help you that you learn? I'm more courageous now. So I'm going to go after that promotion at my job when I'm <laughs> feeling up to it. You know, these kinds of things. So yeah, I would recommend everyone take that time to do that exercise. You really feel it's very powerful. And I feel for me personally, I'm less fearful because you know what? I don't have any more Fs to give. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I've, I've had cancer twice. It can kill me, but it didn't. And so I'm going to go out and do all the things that I want to do. Um, I know you have a really powerful quote that you want to read. So I'm going to have you do that now. Yeah, this is a great quote that we'll finish up this segment is, and this is from a book called After Breast Cancer, A Common Sense Guide to Life After Treatment, written by Hester Hill Schnipper. Wonderful book. I highly recommend it, Michelle. You can, t- you can tag it on your page and I'm mm-hmm. sure people can go to it. But it says, we have learned about ourselves and have been tested in ways that we never dreamed. We have cherished our families and our friends, trusted our doctors and reached out to help others. We've examined our lives and our choices and begun to establish ourselves as we wish to be. It's impossible and inappropriate to tell a newly diagnosed woman who is in the throes of the initial diagnosis that good is likely to come of her breast cancer. But remember, the psychiatrists who always like to say, adults only grow on the rack. We have been stretched and we have grown. The fact that this is the truth is a true statement about human resilience. Is it worth it? Absolutely not. But the experience of being diagnosed with cancer, living through very difficult physical treatments, and somehow learning to manage and accept the psychological challenges gives us a chance to live more fully. The phrase living out loud is sometimes used to describe the intensity and passion of life after cancer. There is no time or patience left for life in silence. 
Wow. I love that. That is so goosebumps. I read it all the time, but it's goosebumps. And a great way to wrap up today. So I know next week we are going to talk about the ripple effects of the small changes and the importance of giving ourselves grace as we navigate specific areas in our life. So take a look at that wheel, figure out what's important to you and join us next week for the second episode. So Yvonne, thank you so much for being here today. I, I can't wait to, to get to parts two and three. So love you and my um, pleasure. Can't wait for that. So listeners out there, if you or a loved one need our services, please go to breastfriends.org. You can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Our show is available across many platforms on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel or search Breast Friends wherever you listen to your podcasts for old episodes. If you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest with me on the show or to share a warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.